Welcome to the Gatecast and our journey through the Stargate, through SG-1, Atlantis and Stargate Universe. Destiny. The design is clearly ancient, launched hundreds of thousands of years ago. We were on a ship, but we have no idea where we are in relation to Earth. These are the wrong people in the wrong place. Shoot him. Why'd you do that? He told me to. I have a gun. What happened? Greer. Greer shot him. Each week, Alan and Mike will be following the adventures of the crew of the Destiny, along with one or two guest hosts. Join us for everything that is Stargate Universe. Greetings of the day, and I suppose a sad opening to, for now, if we don't count the wrap up, will be the Good last God, numbered up. episode <laughs> of Big Gas. <laughs> I was trying to be dramatic and you interrupted. Yeah, but this isn't a time to be mourning. This is a time to be thinking, oh, look, Michael's going to have lots of spare time. <laughs> that you will. Yep. And I'm sure you recognize that background voice there. Yes, it's Thomas. No, the voice in my background, which is, and again, thanks to Mike, I'm level 14 now, by the way, and rapidly approaching 15. Tapped out. Oh, no, I didn't hear anything. I built the church today. Oh, well done. Uh, Welcome back, Thomas. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, when when Alan goes off topic, he goes off topic. Random as all get out. This, by the way, is episode 350. Yes, thank you. Hey. <laughs> There's a reason I briefly considered a Twitter handle of natural one, but I'm sure it's taken. Yeah, we had a little bit of a panic when we sat down to record this. I suddenly realised that Skype wasn't going to let me log on. Kept threatening that I had to update, and I kept refusing to update because my version of Pamela was working. Then it forced me to update, and my Pamela stopped working. A few minutes of panicking, trying to get a version of Pamela that worked, but everything seems to be okay. Touchwood, the very last regular episode of the Gatecast. It's going to go without too much of a hiccup. Had our fair share of glitches on our recordings and others, and hopefully the last one will be pretty good. Maybe it'll behave itself. Yep, we can only hope. you got to admire Microsoft's sense of timing. <laughs> the last episode of Stargate Universe, and that's the one Skype goes, nope, I have a habit now in reference to The Flash. I sat down to watch The Flash. I saw the teaser. And I was like, crap. And I had to stop and watch Supergirl instead. Because they were showing it the same night and now they shifted it back to Sunday. Honestly, make your damn mind up. <laughs> and I'm still slowly working my way through Iron Fist, which is fun. Could have been better. You disagree? I haven't seen it. Don't get to watch a lot of shows, period. Okay. Most interesting part of life would be Monday Night D&D. Yeah, I'm trying to get our group together again for the West Coast Games Roll 20. There's the bi-weekly role-playing thing on a Sunday, which happens this week. And at the one I was at a while back, I rolled up a remarkably similar Wookiee-type character to the one I have for the Roll 21. I like my Wookiee. Moldy, a sociopathic giant in pink. Nothing wrong with the Wookiee. Indeed. Even a glittering pink Wookiee. We'll save judgment for that later. I like playing a glittering pink Wookiee. <laughs> right, somewhat distracted. Um, shall we? Yep, whenever you're ready. 
Right, uh, as Alan says, this is episode 350. We have got one more recording session to do, which is going to be the Universe Wrap-Up Show. I hadn't planned to do anything too special about that, uh, although a couple of days ago I thought, oh, what the hell, I'll put a poll up anyway. Might as well. Yep, although by the time you uh, listen to this podcast, the poll will be closed and the Wrap-Up Show will be recorded. <laughs> Tune in next week for the results. I should go and vote. <laughs> yeah, go and vote. It always helped. When is the recording for the wrap-up show? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's not decided yet. I'm sure somebody could ramble quite well. Yeah, but not about Stargate, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Everything but. I have to say, today went way better than the rest of the week. There was a point on Tuesday where I literally wanted to put the phone on, do not disturb, but go inside and lie down for 20 minutes and not do anything. So the week has improved. Oh, cat. <laughs> what, those two? Yes which are called Mansica and Mantica at present, which translates as strawberry and blueberry. I'm sure you can guess which is which. If you can't, and Thomas has no idea what we're talking about, one of them is calico and the other one is jet black. I was guessing that it was a response to their color. Yes. They are, unfortunately, 6.5 kilos each and therefore need to be put on a rather expensive diet. <laughs> yeah. Because that's not a cat. That's a border collie. <laughs> on the right side I can't imagine they're going to be climbing up on top of the shelf where the projector is at that weight you would be surprised yes I'm not sure my apartment is entirely cat friendly yet hi I'm Nuke Chas, the host of Nutty Bites and hi I'm Tech Nutty's regular guest or antagonist our podcast is like a call-in show where geeks get to debate topics about speculative fiction we don't really debate sure we do we debate topics such as lame superpowers the best villains and our favorite apocalypses we more like rant rave and then have massive nerd rages people call in from all over the world sometimes minor celebrities and we've even had some super villains show up do you ever notice that you never have any superheroes or good guys i'm a good guy compared to what antagonist not really a guest Matty bites nimwast.org right thomas as our technically final guest i will give you a choice of finnish english irish french spanish swedish german can't do it in gold i don't believe we've actually heard counting in gold I mean, I'm sure I could see it written down. I could possibly transcribe it, but to quote the most ridiculous premise of the original film, I just wouldn't know how to pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just go with the good old original Irish. Yes. The OA. Like the OA, but not as cute and blonde. Right then. As per usual, for the very last time, we are watching a Region 2 rip of the DVD. The runtime for Gauntlet is 41 minutes, 42 seconds. We are all currently staring at the black screen with the counter set to zero. If you want to watch along with us, put your version of the episode at zero and press play when Alan finishes his countdown. If you are watching the uh, US version, the runtime is different. You'll have to do a little bit of pausing. Otherwise, just sit back and listen to us talk Stargate for the, well, Stargate Universe, Stargate, everything for the very last time. Except for the roundup show you think by now I'd be able to do this a lot smoother, but nope. Eight years, 350 episodes plus bonus shows. Nah, not a, not a blind bit of difference. Right. Gave me the fall shark. It's gone a Three. Do. Ahen. Wiki. I may be on the verge of discovering the true nature of Destiny's mission. 
Right then, we're in. Rush doing his little voiceover. Gauntlet, Season 2, Episode 20, the series finale of Stargate Universe. This is Gatecast Episode 350. This episode was directed by Andy Makita and written by Joseph Malozzi and Paul Mully. Premiered in America May the 9th, 2011, Canada the same night, Germany May the 12th, Sweden November the 5th, and Hungary April the 28th, 2014. There are a few shows with episodes of the same name, X111, the series, Chase Companion, Earth Final Conflict, and Legends. So, quick flashback now to uh, Epilogue and Blockade. Pretty good episode that was, lots of nice CGI. Mm. Dr. Park getting blinded. That was a bit uh, unfortunate. <laughs> Makes you wonder if she just kept her eyes closed. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. I haven't had this much rest in weeks. <laughs> Never thought I'd say this, but I'm actually looking forward to getting bleary eyed analyzing data. Well, let's see where we're at. Of course, we're going to get a happy ending. I mean, mm-hmm. they wouldn't do this to us, would they? No. No, they're not. Okay. <laughs> no, of course not. Actually, no, it's not a good sign. They're, I'm going to say your eyelids look got up, don't they? Uh-huh. Black pupils. Uh, it's still dark. I can't see. Uh-oh. Uh, at least Jung came to uh, witness the unveiling. Mind you, I imagine the whole crew knows this is the time. Obviously, they can't fake a lack of pupillary response. Yeah. I guess they could CG it. Very easily. Yeah, but be a waste of money, really. Not really. <laughs> As they pointed out, they, bu- they built this huge stasis set for, what, two and a bit episodes? Mm-hmm. Strangely enough, both Elena and Peter had eye infections while they were filming this episode. <laughs> Looks like Young could use a pretty good haircut there. That's definitely not military reg. No, uh, when he came off the booze, he kind of smarted himself up. Again, he's let himself go a bit. Yeah. Kind of an afro, isn't it? We did it. Fantastic. What'd they do? I have no idea. We found a way to track the command ships that control the drones. Lord, they did this on Atlantis and it did not turn out very well. Mm-hmm. But then we plugged the data into Destiny's long-range sensors and it worked. Commentary for this episode, Andy McKeaton and John Lennock and Lauren Bancroft Wilson. Lauren has been doing all the uh, commentary tracks, being the engineer involved. Finally decided to actually join one proper. This is the path that the sea chips plotted for us through this galaxy. These are the upcoming gates. And these are the command ships. Every planet. Yeah, they probably brought in all reinforcements from all this section of the galaxy. So does that mean that there is a command ship above all the command ships then? If it's able to direct all the swarms? We're screwed. You would think so. There'd have to be hierarchical structure, wouldn't there? Mm-hmm. I mean, because before it seemed like each command ship was its own group, but if they're coordinating like this, it has to be, yeah, somebody in command or something in command. Yeah. You sure your sensor data is accurate? The portrait on the wall is General Mark Davidson, one of the crew. Hmm. It's not the first time they've used actual cast and crew as portraits. Who would have thought Lou Diamond Phillips would be still in this show 40 episodes later mm-hmm. to the pilot? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially after they killed him twice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's some nice models there. 
it's almost comics book, you know? Death isn't permanent. The death has never been permanent in Stargate. Come on. We found the needles in the haystack. If we go off on our own, it could be months, maybe even years between viable worlds. It's not an option. What's your supply situation? We're looking at about a month's worth of food and water. What about power? We'll dial us before that becomes an issue. We could really use a supply line for a moment, David. Well, the only planet we know of with the power requirements to reach you is still refusing to help. Well, can you really blame them? Van Gorans will be screwing you for every cent you can get out of you. I suppose in terms of death not being permanent, that really only applies to Daniel Lazarus Jackson. <laughs> hey, I'm collecting inventory reports. I guess it could be a while before we can use the gate again. So I hear. We're actually in pretty good shape down here for the moment. When they were watching this episode in the commentary, it was the day after the final cut was delivered. That's how tight it was. Who was it? Annie Makita, John Lennock. They actually knew at this point the show had been cancelled. To be honest, I think some, some of the people knew long before then, but obviously they kept it quiet. Were they mentioning ideas that they had that they wanted to continue on with or anything in the commentary? No. I mean, John Lennox is one of the executive producers, but he's not one of the uh, creative talents behind it. have to play the hand that you're dealt. Why do I get the feeling you're not just talking about Lisa? Yeah, TJ's pretty much... TJ has had a bad couple of years. Yeah. No getting around it. Mm-hmm. ALS is a death sentence, Chloe. You know that. And it's not going to be pretty. It'll start with muscle weakness and cramping. Then I'll have trouble walking, talking, feeding myself. And eventually full paralysis will set in but my mind will be unaffected. I'll be a prisoner trapped inside my own body. Yeah, this is really, yeah, a bit of a, bit of a downer, this is. Definitely is not a happy moment. Yeah, Chloe, you, you walked into the sick bay with a smile on your face. You are leaving in tears. Is it Chloe? Sorry, bear in mind I didn't see the last episode. Is it Chloe has ALS? No. DJ. DJ. Just as many as we have to in order to resupply when necessary. That's still a pretty tall order, considering we've only taken out one of their command ships. And that was with help. Well, we do have the element of surprise now we're able to track them. There is that. Yeah, there's no getting away around it. You know, the Destiny's a very powerful ship, but you can't take on those drones and the command ships, especially when they start ganging up on you. Mm-hmm. We can at least cause enough damage to gain a huge advantage. So let's say this works once, maybe even twice, but we're going to start taking damage and it's going to take its toll. Well, we find a way to minimize that damage. Well, yeah, I suppose you've got an idea on how we manage that. As a matter of fact. Uh, how to combat the Borg. <laughs> <laughs> Resistance is futile. Yeah, this kind of the opposite. Don't cycle your shields. Find out the exactly one that you need to use and throw all your energy behind that. When we're in battle, the shields continuously cycle through various frequencies in the hopes of matching incoming energy-based attacks closer the match, the easier the attack is to absorb, and consequently the less damage we take. Right, it's a guessing game, like rock, paper, scissors. Of course, Volker goes on the kind of a sidetrack everybody with his rock, scissors, uh, yeah. <laughs> paper metaphor. The energy signature of the weapons is a fairly limited range we can target specifically for it. We just need to override Destiny's normal randomized shield pattern. And paper covers rock every time. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Brody just wants to, you know he wants to say something. Because matching and maintaining a single specific pattern makes it vulnerable to all other forms of attack. 
Right, like if they throw scissors and we're guessing a rock. Analogy too far. Too late. So if we are wrong, it would be like we have no shields at all. We're not wrong. Ah, Rush. It's a risk, but it's a good risk. Doesn't lack self-confidence, does Rush, does he? Looks like there's still force fields in certain areas, maybe. Yep. Rush, what's your status? Looks like Destiny's accepting our override. Shields are at maximum. Modulation is limited within target range. You want to die quickly or slowly? It's a pity they couldn't really try this out somewhere a little bit safer. With a kind of uh, rock-hard place. They've really got no option but to uh, roll the dice and see where it takes them. With a bullet from a thousand yards, but she's pretty good. Right, all on Chloe. Get the Destiny right up against the command ship. Brace yourself. Whoa! This is too good. That's probably the worst place you could come at. Bye. Hold on. <laughs> too bloody right. They're in raid trouble now. The shields are not designed to withstand this sort of impact. And the main gun is pointing in the totally wrong direction. The plan went kaput straight away. Back. She is very, very good. Uh, we've got incoming. Yo, why didn't they fire quickly? I think basically they were a bit too shocked how close they were. They weren't ready to aim and fire the weapon straight away. They expected a couple of minutes to line up a shot. They didn't get it. It's interesting though. It shows the development of ancient technology. They've got a very powerful weapon, but it's built into the spine of the ship. It is not manoeuvrable can't aim it except by moving the ship itself obviously as weapons technology advanced that that sort of power would be transferred to a turret like device like destiny already has and the main power of the ship's engines could be channeled through that Scott's trying to fly the ship like a jumper it's not gonna work and right side there they're running out of drones because he's not in range Kamikaze runs. Still dropping. We've lost power in multiple sections. I'm down three gun positions. I can't hold them all. Yeah. We're only ten minutes in, and the destiny's going to be destroyed already. I need some more time. We don't have it. Shields are failing. Can we just re-randomize the shield? They could, but I don't think they have the time to actually analyze the frequency of the drone striking the shield, the harmonics it's creating, and if you don't know the frequency, you can't block it. We got him. Mm-hmm. You're missing there. And this shows you how intelligent the drones are. They've, they've realized they can't use their energy weapons, so they come up with another tactic. Looks like the drones have gone dormant. Away teams to the shuttles, let's make this quick. We don't want to stay here any longer than we have to. Go. It's like playing a first-person shooter. You know, you can fire once and hit, or just, just fire and keep going. Just run until you cross it mm-hmm. and hit the target. Yeah. I've heard first-person shooters, we... That's what I like about Dead Space. The object is not to kill the enemies. The object is literally to survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're, they're doing a lot of running mm-hmm. in recent episodes. <laughs> no rest for the wicked, Colonel Young. Mm-hmm. Well, I know it sounds like a crazy idea, Eli, but I was actually thinking again some sleep. So, unless you have some genius idea that solves all our problems... As a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, that goes without saying, I am notoriously hard to please. So. I still don't think Eli totally gets Young's sense of humor. Yeah. Another day, another galaxy. Wow, Eli, blase or what? This is just 
one of a thousand galaxies in Destiny's Path, and I think you'll agree it's turned out to be something of a hostile environment. Yeah, you think? It's definitely hostile. One continuous FTL jump. Out and around the length of this galaxy, across the gap to the next one, until we reach the first gate on the other side. Yeah. This is seriously out-of-the-box thinking. Mm-hmm. part you're not gonna like. It just makes you wonder how widespread these drones are. You're really not laying this out in a fashion that he's gonna like. <laughs> no, we, we couldn't be... We've got full energy banks, the FTL is running at 100% efficiency. <laughs> Wait for it. <laughs> Eli, how long? Three years, give or take. It'll still take three years. Um, that makes you no said sense. This is broadcast when? 2011? It's a shame the company brought the show back after three years. <laughs> the research brought in him was done and Russ looks away. I don't really know if Jung thinks it's a blessing to have the talents of Eli at his disposal. Right now, not so much. The status room, stasis room, was on stage four, actually above the gate room. They said they're disappointed that it only got used for a couple of episodes. First time it was shown, it was just completed building it, last minute uh, rush to get it done and get filming. It's a damn shame though, you know, but obviously it was budgeted well before the show was cancelled. Is that a jump like this is going to require every last ounce of power we have. But if his calculations are off and we fall short even by a fraction, a tenth of one percent, then we're going to drift the rest of the way. And instead of three years, it'll take a thousand. Okay. I admit, doesn't sound too good. But come on, what choice have they got? This could work, but we have to do it soon. We're bleeding power from a dozen systems and we can't risk dropping out to recharge. Too many things that could go wrong. We have to oh, the irony. Rush all of a sudden, the cautious one. Alright, uh, how long would it take you to prep the rest of these parts? A, a day, maybe. Get to work. Looks like we're going for it. Yeah, I mean, Jung has learned to trust Eli. Mm -hmm. And dismiss rush times. <laughs> Three years. Yeah, that's in a best case scenario. The thought of being sealed in one of those things for so long kind of creeps me out. Three, la three lamps in her room. Mm -hmm. She's holding them. Well, if we're going to do this, I recommend that everyone be permitted a final visit to Earth. Say their goodbyes. All right. You make the arrangements, but it's going to have to be pretty quick. Pretty much have to shut down everything to make this work, and if uh, we take too long, we're gonna run out of power. Have they got time for that? I got 24 hours. If it's simply a phone call. Yeah, and there's eight, 80 people on board. If it's simply a phone call, that should be fine. Yeah, well, we we know most of the crew don't really get to use the communications zones. And why has Rush still got a notebook? He's still got his talk hallway. Yes, they labeled it the crazy hall. How's it going? Huh? That's it, waste paper. And how many six to talk has he broken by throwing them like that? <laughs> for what it's worth, I went over Eli's numbers. It's true, there's not much margin for error, but I think it might just work. Yeah, if we're lucky. Destiny is on this path for a reason. Yeah, Rush is rather upset. How dare, how dare we try to save our lives? <laughs> by the way, that might not be his charcoal way. Given the size of the ship, he could have gone through any number of hallways at this point. Mm. Arriving at some ultimate destination where all the questions are answered at one time. But by accumulating knowledge bit by bit. If we skip over this galaxy, then who's to say we won't skip over some vital piece of the puzzle? And in all of this, everything we've been through, 
me for nothing. I was on mute. I didn't realize I was on mute. Okay, good to know. You know, Rush is talking about, you know, missing pieces of the puzzle. But what about the 10, 20, 100,000 years before we got to the Destiny? What about all the galaxies from there? We wouldn't have been there to see anything happen. No, there's been no indication that the databanks of the Destiny holds anything significant. And how? And the ancients could not have planned a course covering hundreds of thousands of years because the galaxy was growing and moving and changing. It's a dynamic environment. The whole point is they don't know what they're going to find. They've got an idea that there's something there. They don't know what it is, where it is. But obviously they've got an idea that somewhere, maybe at the centre of the universe, there's an answer. And if they head in that direction, they might see little glimpses. So is this the ancient's way of trying to determine if there really is God? Something, some design structure to the universe beyond pure random chance. Or maybe in the very first seconds of the universe, life evolved. Yeah. And lived an eternity in a blink of an eye. Puzzled expression. It's me, Mom. I don't have much time. So she's accepted that Eli is in other person's bodies. Yes, well, she's been on board Destiny. It's kind of... Yeah. You've got to be a believer in her. Glynis Davis, playing Marianne Wallace. Recently been in Travellers, Bootsville, and Once Upon a Time. Three years, at least. I'm sorry. I can't help thinking that if I had made different choices in my life, you wouldn't be alone right now. If you had made different choices, you wouldn't have seen the incredible sights you've seen, done the amazing things you've done. So we should be getting Traveller Season 2 soon, shouldn't we? Uh, I imagine in about eight or nine months, yes. Not my definition of soon. <laughs> well, it's, they come out once a year, don't they? So it came out in, what, September time last last year? That's only six months this is what helped Marianne. No uh, confusion, no grey area. She knew where her son was, what he was doing, mm-hmm. and that made her start taking her meds again, get healthy. Probably will be around in three years' time. And that's good. Yeah, don't tell her about you met a girl and then she died, then she came back, then she died again. Yeah, that probably wouldn't go over very well. Yeah, a bit confused of that might. <laughs> that is a beautiful set. It looks quaint. You know, less high-tech than what we saw on Atlantis. It still looks like... Oh, yeah. But it looks like it should have brass fittings or something. (laughs) You're just trying to avoid the S-word, aren't you? Well, I don't think that actually fits steampunk. (laughs) Oh, God, he's he's not going to get any. (laughs) The only state PZ everyone gives is if they get in a crowd pod. (laughs) Yeah. My guess is that, you know, no matter how long you stay in there, you don't come out refreshed. Come in. What? Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah, definitely. Did you draw the short straw to give the bad news, or was it rock, paper, scissors job? It's been going pretty well up until now. Come on, Volker. Out with it. Make his day. It's the last section. It must have taken some damage, possibly even before we came aboard the ship. We can't bring those pods. So we're going to sacrifice somebody then. Well, hey. Conveniently, there's not enough for everyone. You think in a ship the size of Destiny, which probably was supposed to have a crew of a couple hundred, the 80 of them can't find enough pods. 
damaged pods put us eight short of the total we need. What's the problem? Well, the ship's very old, that's the problem. All right, we'll try that again. Can we fix it? Not with the material we have on board. <laughs> that's command for you. Yeah, Young looked very relaxed in the command chair. He's uh, right at home. They pointed out when they were filming this that... I didn't think it would do that. It shouldn't do that. I had everything set for like eight hours. Yeah, Louis didn't have an up-to-date script, so when he got the revised notes, it was literally a couple of minutes before they stopped us filming. A little production cock-up, not any fault of the actors. Mm -hmm. They really are on a knife edge, aren't they? There's a gate. We can still get around the lockout if we want to. Can we survive another fight? Even if we did, we'd use up far too much power. The ship would never make the jump to the next galaxy, which kind of defeats the purpose of going on this planet in the first place. So what are you telling me? We don't have a choice but to leave eight people out. Tell them good luck. You got as long as the food and water lasts. We can't even do that. Power requirements needed to maintain life support for eight people for that long would make us fall short. Whoever stays out would have to kill themselves. Oh. Oh, no bueno there. Yeah. Even low-level life support could tip the balance for the people in the pods. It just goes from bad to worse. So what's Colonel Young decided? He hasn't yet, but... Don't even think about it. You can imagine Greer would volunteer as well. Stop sacrificing for the greater good. Yep. Maybe I would if it came to it, but... I wouldn't ask seven others to do it with me, and I don't think Colonel Young would either. I mean, the way I see it, we all came here together, and if need be, we'll all go out together. We'll all go together when we go. What a comforting fact that is to know. Universal bereavement and inspiring achievement. Yes, we all will go together when we go. Put a brief thing in there, Mike, from the Tom Lehrer song. We'll all go together when we go. There's something she'd like to share. We use a decoy. We drop off one of our shuttles unmanned, a short FTL jump from the planet. Then we set it to broadcast a powerful subspace burst mimicking a gate dial-out. Great idea, Dr. Park. But I'm afraid all I can see is the glasses. Guessing the shuttle doesn't survive this plan anyway. No, the command ship will investigate, taking the drones with it and probably attack the shuttle. My god, all you went through to get another shuttle and you just gonna throw it away. Help us, you got to say. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to the woman, she looks good. Remote pilot and evasive course that'll make it harder for the drones to connect with the suicide run. If we're gonna sacrifice it anyway, we can rig the engines to go critical. Ram it straight into the command ship, give him a taste of our own medicine. And we still have one shuttle left. I think they're infused. <laughs> Probably the best idea they oh, have. Is she going to be our blind oracle? It would have been tricky, wouldn't it? For the same reason having a child on board. It just overly complicates things if you have uh, a member of the crew who's, what is it, mathematics and obviously took to the hydroponics. It'd been interesting what they'd have done with the character. You'd have hoped that they wouldn't take a shortcut and miraculously get her eyesight back. Subspace link is in place. We should be able to get shuttle telemetry and access to flight controls with minimal delay. Understood. Get us as far away from here as possible. An inspired plan. The shuttle's going to be left behind to be the bait and a trap. Let's see if the drones fall for it. You know what we're looking for, right? Well, I can identify the rocks, but we can't test for concentration. Andy said, save the production tens of thousands of dollars by actually not showing the underside of the Kino sledge. And what is Morrison doing? Don't tell me he volunteered for a mission. Nah, I bet he was voluntold. Yeah, he's not, he's really not the type, is he? 
my uh, compulsory voluntary donation of 200 euro to the animal shelter. Yeah, that sounds about right. Let's hope they take the bait. Now, what put it on me here? Wouldn't the ship also detect the wormhole being activated here? Maybe it's while they're in hyperspace, they can't detect it? Oh, interesting. We'll find out. Oh, that's it. Command ship just dropped off the screen. They gotta be in hyperspace. They're on their way. Gate room, this is young. Start dialing. This plan has the benefit that, even if it doesn't work, the chances are that Destiny won't come under attack. Or at least it'll have time to get away. He's awfully close to the gorge. Yeah, but at least some of them were stepping back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was good. This is gate room. We have a connection. Away team is en route. Start removing shuttle engine safety protocols. We're gonna have to time this overload to the last second. Corporal Barnes, Leanne Adachi. Run, 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 people. Ten episodes of Stargate Universe, a single episode of Atlantis, and a single episode of SG-1. So she's got the set. Yep. Oh, hold on. Command ship just dropped out near the shuttle. They're launching drones. Rush, you're on. Initiating evasive maneuvers. And it's nice to see the long-range sensors working properly in this episode, actually bringing us some good information. Rush isn't a pilot, so I see the one flying the shuttle. Uh, because he wouldn't let anyone else do it. Well, it doesn't really matter, does it? Because it's not as if there's a joystick. He's controlling it through telemetry. Plus, there must be... I don't care what they say, there must be some time delay. Mm-hmm. Whoa, watch out! It's all right, I've got it. Stabilizing. Oh. <laughs> he's not a pilot, but I'm sure he's played a lot of video games. Oh, that's probably better suited to this. <laughs> They're launching more drones. Shuttle doesn't have much time. <laughs> Fast as you can, but not in a straight line. As close as you can get. Overload in 10 seconds. Oh, look, that camera mounted on the shuttle. Mm-hmm. Six. Five. Closer and closer and closer. Why are you counting down? <laughs> oh, that ah, hurt. Yes. Ooh. There is a lot of fuel and armament on that ship. <laughs> Destiny's probably had better fortune with the drones because it's a single ship than uh, a fleet would or a civilization. Mm-hmm. You know, my guess is that the drones really haven't taken them that seriously until this point. So everything's great. Yay. Nice work, gentlemen. Yo, you need? We're good. Let's get the stuff out of here. Did they sneak a redhead in? Was that a different redhead actress? No, she's been there before. It's not just sneaking uh, Yorman in while she's supposed to be dead. <laughs> no, no, that's that's not Julia McNiven. <laughs> I think we've seen both those extras uh, in the crowd scenes before, though. Ready to go? I, I, I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> you don't even know I'm his father. I'm, I'm just some guy who shows up every once in a while to see how he's doing. Yeah, that's a bit stalkery, really, isn't it? That and he hasn't even seen the real him. How is he doing? Well, yeah. He can't actually be visiting because it'll be a different bloke every time. You can't expect that unless that soldier is actually deployed, you know, at Homeworld Command just for this job. It's possible. I mean, let's face it, as deployments go, it's a plum one. I suppose so. Nobody's shooting at you. The good day you get three squares and nobody shot at you today. <laughs> From a soldier standpoint, that's like, yay, win. Oh, uh, I, uh, I just got back and I didn't see her. She's at a conference in Brussels. Yes, Camille's relationship probably wouldn't have lasted anyway. It was seriously fraying before this. Mm-hmm. Sharon really wasn't coping very well. 
billions of light years across an entire universe and you just separate by a couple of thousand miles doesn't sound very good not at all doesn't sound very good not at all did she get do jane matter well she's got to talk to her on the phone that's it yeah basically saying that best estimate you won't see me again for three years what are you going to say if you love anybody like that you say let me go live your life wish you all the best this wasn't fair to her anymore and she should just move on we really didn't get anything like that on Atlantis or SG-1. This is a vastly different show. It paid the price for it, yes. She just started crying. Oh, come on. Twist the knife, why don't you? And now some beautiful music by Joel. Sleep well, Corporal Barnes. Lieutenant James. Chloe saying goodbye to her mother. And I like this. Dr. Park back on Earth. Vision restored thanks to the communication stones. Temporary, anyway. Mm-hmm. Scott back on Earth. Looks like he didn't make contact with his son. I mean, a job's a job, but coming on set to film about 30 seconds. Although... They were fortunate, they managed to film all these scenes on uh, one day and in the same house. She actually moved the house because the house they were using for Eli's mother couldn't get access to it. Volker, Park and Brody getting ready to go into the stasis chambers. Fantastic trio of actors and characters. Greer looking on. I doubt he expected to find what he did on this mission. So aren't they going to need some food for when they come out of stasis? Yeah, but this is fresh food, which isn't nah. found in one store. For once, I'm stuffed. Otherwise, what's going to happen wouldn't happen, because they could just food in stasis as well. What about the stuff that they have in their hydroponics bay? How's that going to be taken care of, I wonder? My guess is that it won't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the best you can do is store the seeds dry, hoping that they don't germinate or anything. Mm -hmm. You know, they haven't really got the the time and the leisure to really do the preparation that you'd want. Yeah. Now, Andy Makita didn't want to film the scene. He didn't think the episode needed it. You know, just the the main cast around a single table. When he actually came down to filming it, he says he enjoyed every second of it. Well, you have to have that supper send off. Yeah. You know, all the secondary cast are in the pods, and there's your main headline cast. You are the smartest, bravest, most compassionate people that I have ever had the honor to serve with. To family. family. Scott and Chloe together. Who'd have thought? The pair of them have been through a lot these last couple of years. Well, little less actually. Not much of a reaction from Rush, but Young's looking on like a proud father. Sergeant Ronald Greer, up next. Right. I think their relationship is a perfect example of the right soldier under the right commander. You've seen how Telford was unable to handle Greer. Young was. Got the best out of him. Camille and Young. Holy crap. How are these people friends? Yet they are. And then TJ. The silence speaks volumes. No words are required between these pair. 
It would be so easy to overlook the role TJ has played in keeping everybody alive on Destiny. A number of the figures in these pods are actually mannequins. Okay. <laughs> yeah, made it a bit easier for him to do the uh, CGI freezing instead of having everybody try to stand perfectly still. End of Naked Gone episode? Yes. <laughs> you could always see him just slightly, you know, swaying in the breeze, so to speak. Favourite Naked Gone ones were the end credits come up, everyone freezes, and the guy they've just brought in, having arrested, looks around and exit. <laughs> so down to the three of them. Yep, an unlikely trio. A very somber tone of music, too. Just little plunks on the... sound like a harp. Could be. You know, for what it's worth... David, listen, my, uh... Marriage, I was... I was broken a long time ago. And I have no one to blame but myself. Yes. <laughs> Truer words have never been spoken. Some of us may have a few more grey hairs, but we'll still be here. Yeah, we are gonna keep getting paid, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, okay, good. Good. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of back pay to me when I wake up. If you wake up. How could we have missed it? There was no way of knowing. But we ran a diagnostic. And it showed no problems because at that stage, that particular section had yet to be fully engaged. What's going on? We repaired the eight pods, but one of them was more damaged than we thought. It came online with the rest of them, but when we ran final checks, it just died. Oh, here we go. We might be one short. Isn't it always a case you find out there's a fault way too late? Mm -hmm. Oh, how convenient. I mean, literally, one short. <laughs> Let's say that... A bank of these pods are out of commission, which would have been used to, to hold a much bigger crew. So they only had enough of that palladium stuff to actually fix enough of the pods that they needed. Possibly. Probably whole banks of pods that never got activated because they were damaged. But we never really learnt how big a crew Destiny needed. Mm-hmm. From the size of it, I, I guess a couple hundred probably. Before you ask, the answer is no. I haven't found any magical solutions yet. It's going to take time. According to uh, Rush, if two of us go into the pods now, today, the one that stays outside could keep minimal life support going for two weeks before it starts eating into the power reserve for the jump. Sounds about right. Yeah, well, he's, he's volunteered to be the one. <laughs> yes. Would, that, would you trust Rush on his own to make the right call? <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, and I don't think I can let him do it. I think it's... Uh, going to be me. Not a surprising revelation. Jung's long-held skepticism of Nicholas Rush comes to the fore, although he's right. You can't really trust Rush in this circumstance. He's weak. I'll admit he's not perfect, but I don't and what, think... What if he doesn't find a solution? What if after two weeks he, he loses his nerve and he keeps the life support going, even for just a few days, what happens? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you drop out early and drift and wake up in a thousand years. Rush and Young have a much better relationship than at any other point in the series, but he's a realist. He knows that Rush probably couldn't help himself. An extra hour, an extra day, he'd take it, and probably justify himself that it'd be all right. Eli, if you stay out, it's automatic. You're dead. If I do it, at least I have a chance, maybe even a better chance than Rush. For too long, I've been content to stay in his shadow, play the part of the eager young protege, take his orders, but... It's not the only choice. I'm not afraid to say it anymore. I'm smarter than him. And all three of us know it. I, I can't ask you to do that. And I can't take no for an answer. Now, do you think Jung actually worked all this through in his mind? Because it makes sense that Eli is the one, because he's got the technical knowledge to perhaps solve the problem. Jung certainly hasn't. 
but he wouldn't want to, you know, force Eli to do it. So he comes to him, he says this, he says that, and Eli steps up. Oh, right. Oh, awkward. Nice. So he purposely manipulates <laughs> Eli. I think he does. Benefit of everybody. In case you hadn't noticed, we do have a strike. Is that why you volunteered in the first place? Because you knew he wouldn't accept. What difference does it make? Yeah, he's naive enough to fall for that. At this point, yes. He's grown immensely, Eli has. Especially that one scene. I'm smarter than him. I'm the smartest person on this ship. And Rush knows this. Mm-hmm. Always volunteer for something you know you won't be accepted to do. It makes you look good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if he was young, then Rush would have pretty much de facto command and have his biggest adversary out of the picture. Rush woke up, although you'd assume that he'd set it up that way. You know, maybe I haven't said this often enough, Eli, but you do have... Oh, I wonder what he's going to say. You do have tremendous potential. Yeah, you can't keep saying that. There comes a point when potential becomes skill. Anyway, what's the point of having potential? You're not going to step up when you're really needed. Come on, Eli, you have stepped up. You've come a long way from that video game slacker I discovered a year ago. Only been a year. Closing their time. You've been pretty consistent. That is the reason why Rush has always had a little bit of a problem with him. Right from the word go when he solved the ninth Chevron problem. The hiatus between seasons was literally a second for them. I mean, because, like, with the previous, I guess, you won, each year or season equated to be approximately one year, so. Yeah. It's a different spin yeah. with this one. can't imagine where they got that idea from. Mr. Wallace. Mr. Wallace. Nice. And my question is, are there controls inside for the last person? Yeah, that's a bit awkward, isn't it? <laughs> you got to press the button and pull your arm in real quick. Yeah, get in, you're wasting my air. Yeah, come on, we're on the clock. And then the only other question is, is there a automatic timer resuscitate? You sure about this? I've never been more sure of anything in my life. A little grin from Eli, holding out his hand. I think he's surprised when Young hugs him. <laughs> I'm welling up here. <laughs> yeah, there's got to be some sort of auto-resuscitation feature. This isn't a medical facility, this is a tent for long-term stasis. Computer's got to be running it. There were two, and now there's one. Head bowed. An interesting choice, that is. Mm-hmm. You've got to assume it's deliberate. Maybe he's looking at his watch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And now the rest of the episode is pure music and visuals. Glorious. Right then, Eli. Now what? You do not run around the ship naked. <laughs> you know, that's exactly what went through my head. <laughs> what was that? God, it was terrible. Passengers. Yeah. Oh, did you see it? Yeah. You may very well recognise some of these scenes now. They're from the premiere episode, eh? But they've been reversed. So instead of the ship awakening, it's shutting down. When it's powering up. It was very cost-effective to do it. Those opening shots were so perfect. Mm-hmm. Eli's the man. You're not doing the walk, Eli. The power's shutting down. He needs a moment to pull out his thoughts. Look at him there. He looks so emo. (laughs) 
And then the smile, and his whole face lights up. And you know he's thinking that this is cool. Eli Wallace, MIT dropout. Billion light years from home. This adventure's continuing. Who knows what it's going to bring, but it's going to be all right. Then again, if I'm being honest, maybe not. We will never know, unfortunately. Did they do books? Has the story ever been told? No, but there is a comic series coming out from American Mythology. Hmm. If they ever did revive it, all they have to do is declare it non-canon. Hmm. They could pick up just bring back the primary cast. Just random bits of the cast. A great choice to finish with the music, not the sound of the engines or a voiceover or anything like that. Yeah. Just a fantastic piece of CGI work, Destiny flying off into the distance, jumping between galaxies. What takes the Daedalus 18 days going to take Destiny three years? Well, they did say it was a considerable distance between this galaxy and the next. Just bad luck, isn't it? Okay then, folks, that was the end of Gauntlet, the end of Stargate Universe. Nearly the end of Gatecast. A very somber moment to uh, wrap up the series. I don't want it to end. (laughs) Universe continued on for another four, five, six seasons at least. I mean, they left it wide open for somebody like Netflix or HBO to pick it up if they wanted to. I I really wish that Netflix would. I think they could do a good job with it. And God knows, at the moment, Netflix have more money than God. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they can do Marco Polo, if they can afford an expensive flop like Marco Polo, they can bring back Universe for half that. <laughs> I know, I pay them every month. Oh, I don't just pay them. I pay them the maximum. Mm. Which I think is 12 or 13 euro a month. Right then. Andy Makita, this show's director, he first worked on SG-1, directed 29 episodes. On Atlantis, he directed 22, and on Universe, 12 episodes. He's also directed Travellers, Killjoys, Cedar Cove, Strange Empire, Bitten, and Primeval New World. Quite prolific. Yes. The final episode of Universe was written by Paul Mully and Joseph Malozzi. Together, they wrote 39 episodes of SG-1, 15 of Atlantis, and 12 of Universe. Together, they've also written for Transporter the Series, Delete, Big Wolf on Campus, The Lost World, and of course, Dark Matter, which is well into Season 3's production, and will be joining us later this year. I'll just jump in here. Since we recorded this, news has been released that Dark Matter Season 3 will premiere Friday, June the 9th in sci-fi and space. And that was Gauntlet. Very fitting end to the final Stargate Universe episode. And since then, the only uh, Stargate we've had to play with. Nothing new has come along. A brief bloom on the horizon that there might have been a a new movie made, but uh, not to be. For the three finales, I want to say this is one of the... It was definitely the most somber but I, I think I may have liked it more so than Atlantis, definitely. Even though Atlantis was amazing with the ship battles and everything. I like where it just ended with the possibility of more. Yeah. It's like a good short story. Not long enough and leaves you hungry for more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, considering that it wasn't originally written for a series finale, it worked pretty well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. First time around, I didn't come away from this, you know, raging at the world for being denied the future adventures of the destiny you know it was satisfying it would have been annoying if they'd given us a huge traditional cliffhanger 
mm-hmm. you know, half the crew in jeopardy or something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. It just seemed to work out very well. The only downside is that the last five and nearly six years there hasn't really been a genuine attempt to resurrect the show mm. to MGM and to Netflix. Nothing really came of it. I suppose there's more chance of Stargate coming back than Babylon 5. Warner Brothers Babylon 5 was part of PTEN and anything that was part of PTEN has been quite firmly killed and sat on. Joe, for example, has repeatedly tried to buy the rights back off Warner Brothers, but not only do they not want to make it, they don't want it to be a success under anyone else's guidance. Mm, it's sad because B5 was a good show also. Well, this year I've got high hopes for Valerian. Uh, probably not. I mean, because obviously, I mean, I'm sitting here staring at an image projected onto the wall. That's the width of my spread arms. So basically, I go to movies for event stuff. Mm. Check out the trailer. Luc Besson, who did The Fifth Element, he's making it. It's from a French comic. It looks stunning. Whether or not the stories are going to match it, who knows? We'll wait and see. Do you own the graphic now? I bought it after seeing the trailer, thinking I'd like to read it and get some background to it. Have you done a chain with it? I buy a lot of comics, which I never get around <laughs> to reading. If you look at it think, a couple of quid, okay, <laughs> I'll buy that. I showed because he hadn't seen it, and it's still a fun movie. I think I watched it too soon after it came out last time. I showed my mate Epu Days of Future Past yesterday. Hmm. You weren't keen on it? It, it wasn't bad. He's a huge comic book fan. And you get so much more from watching a movie from someone who literally grew up in the 80s reading X-Men comics. I love the MCU. Good stuff. The X-Men stuff is sort of... X-Men's its own little enigma, I think. Okay then, folks. Thank you very much for joining us for Gauntlet. Thank you very much for joining us for these past many, 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 many years. You keep saying eight. (laughs) Well, technically, it, it is. 2008 was the first episode. How long it's did been... we gap? You, not me. You. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, me. About three episodes in the first year and a half. It's been a good, a good series. I will most definitely miss listening to this every week. Well, the beauty is you can watch the show without worrying about anything. It's watching the show. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything worse than actually watching something and knowing you should be you know, making notes or trying to remember something. Although I don't think I'll ever be watching an episode three times in one week again. <laughs> <laughs> Why to watch it normally, once watch it with the commentary, and then once recording. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you've got it all memorized by the time you were watching it the third time. The good thing and the bad thing is that there are so few shows who really throw all the commentaries and extras in like Stargate have done in over the years. MGM did it right there. Yeah. And it had to come from the producers and the writers and the directors all willing to do it, and even the mm-hmm. actors. You think, when you get a big movie commentary, that the, the cast are getting paid for this. It may not be part of the initial contract. You always get the impression that whenever you listen to a Stargate commentary, they're doing it because they want to do it. Next week, we are going to do a quick Stargate Universe wrap-up show. We will have the results of the favourite episode poll. Probably going to be a little bit informal, probably not as uh, extensive as we've done for SG-1 or Atlantis. The serialised nature of the universe doesn't really lead to an in-depth discussion of every episode. Everything goes according to plan. Thomas will be joining us. Steve as well, maybe Ian. We'll see how we go and how Skype will cope with it. Any last thoughts? Anything anybody wants to say before we sign off? 
it's the ending. It's somber moment as Alan started off the episode with. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna miss this. Well, you know what to do. You start another podcast. <laughs> yeah, but Smallville has got ten episodes. Doctor Who has got years, decades. Smallville has got ten episodes. Ten seasons. That's what I said. Listen to the edit. <laughs> <laughs> I let my Smallville box set to somebody I'm no longer in contact with. Uh, we'll see. There's no mic to keep it coordinated and organized and on schedule. One episode a week, <laughs> like <laughs> clockwork. It's important. Okay then, folks. Thank you very much for joining us for our Stargate uh, marathon from SG-1 through Atlantis through Universe with a little dip into Infinity. Um, it was a very little dip into Infinity. <laughs> we did it twice. The same episode, twice. Same episode, twice, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, to Infinity and beyond. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was the idea, but we did a quick U-turn after five minutes. <laughs> me and Jay managed an entire episode. So did Brad and I. So did me and... Me and yeah. <laughs> we did it the year before, though. We did it first. Yeah. The first episode or a different one? We did a bonus episode. We did. It's good to know yeah. you keep track of your own <laughs> podcast. There's so much of it. Thomas, thank yes, you sir. very much. My pleasure. Fantastic little adventure. Indeed. And thanks for having me, of course. We will be in touch very, very shortly to arrange the wrap-up show. Definitely. Okay, then. Are we all done? Shall we do the final sign-off? I believe so. Anything else from you, Alan? I'm hoping the sensation I'm feeling at the minute is mild food poisoning from the chicken I had and not a heart attack. Okay. Good timing, though. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Thank you, everybody, (laughs) for joining us for this episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening to us ramble on all these years. I do have a final additional thought. Go on, then. If anyone listening is interested in joining me, I have numerous ideas for podcasts. Obviously, my primary, since I've got the DVDs out and they're now sitting neatly arranged on my shelf is similar format with Babylon 5. So yeah, I mean, at Phased Out on Twitter, and I'm sure my link is there. I'm on Facebook as Alan Keating, but it's facebook.com forward slash Phased Out and phased up at gmail.com. If you're interested in doing probably nowhere near as much work as Mike, bless his heart, has put into this podcast. He's been, despite what he says about the fact that he wouldn't sit down and record if I didn't encourage him to, he's been the driving force and the engine. I'm the babbling monkey in the boot. He's the organ grinder. <laughs> and I've thanked him on the podcast before, but I don't think I give gratitude for the massive amount of work that he does on this thing. And the sheer relief he's going to... Yeah, I think in a year or so, he might come back to me and go, do you want to do something else? <laughs> You're gonna miss this, Mike. I probably will do, but I, I I want to watch Babylon Five. I want to watch Farscape again. I want to watch Buffy again. I want to watch. Let's see what else. More. I'd like to watch Smallville again. Weirdly <laughs> enough, I found my Angel box cube, cube set, cube yeah. set, and Buffy's in a bag, or possibly several bags, somewhere in my parents' attic, which my cats will doubtless take great pleasure in knocking off the shelf. <laughs> of course. Okay then, let's wrap this up. Take care everybody. See you next week for the wrap-up show. Until then, I've been Mike. I've been Alan. And Thomas. Take care everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Bye.